0: Everybody, welcome to the show, episode 751 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Joined today, as I often, yet always, nay, always, <laughs> joined Brittany Page, everybody, co host extraordinaire. Are you okay? I don't know what just happened.
1: Okay. I think we're off to a great start. You're doing good work, sir.
0: Fantastic.
1: Maybe it's the the heat, because we are currently in a situation that makes Ugh. Jesse D. very unhappy, and that is that the air conditioning is broken, and it has been for
0: days. And it's nearing, it is not quite, <laughs> but it is nearing 80 degrees in this studio.
1: So... That's not good for motivation and...
0: Mood. <laughs> it is not good for the mood. Well,
1: I wasn't going to say that, but it probably also doesn't help the smell coming from the fridge. It almost seems like the heat is amplifying the smell oh, no, I f- I that's found coming out- from the fridge.
0: I found out what that is. Okay. so It's
1: a little ominous when you're just like, no, I found out what that is.
0: Well, what happened was... Last week, uh-huh. well, let, 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 me, let me back up. Brittany Page uh-huh. and I have a fondness for cheese.
1: Oh, is it the cheese? It is
0: the <laughs> camembert. Oh. <laughs> that is, it smells like a fucking corpse in the fridge.
1: So we bought and eat something that creates that smell.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. And it tastes real good. Perfect. Going down. <laughs> but just sitting in the fridge, not a good situation. So what I did was. Yeah. I I, I, I secured the camembert. Camembert. Yeah. Maybe I should just say it quickly without... Enunciating the syllables. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I I relegated the cheese to a Ziploc bag. Okay. So we'll see what that does.
1: See if it helps. Yeah. It probably won't.
0: It's too tasty not to have, though.
1: That's true. That's true. But it's really important we get the AC fixed. So hopefully that is something that will be remedied this week. I hope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, listen. Th- I'm not hopeful. Okay, I'm not hopeful.
1: Well, just just hang in there, Jesse D. It'll be okay.
0: I got a lot that I do. I I, you go off to your temperate office during the day. Yeah. Luckily, I get up at (laughs) five five thirty in the morning.
1: Yeah, get in there while it's cool
0: to get done. It's like I work like you know outside (laughs) doing like real physical work. Yeah. I get up to beat the heat like I'm a farmer or something, <laughs> but I do it anyway just to get it out of the well. not to get it out of the way because, you know, it's daily. Right. right anyway, right. people get it.
1: Okay, so listen, we have some good news as follow-up. We have some really good news as follow-up. You may remember on the previous episode in our Taken Care of Biz segment, we talked about a Pennsylvania school district, the Central York School District, and the students who were protesting the list of banned books, the anti-racist books that made it on the list of the banned books. Yeah, remember, remember, it was all a coincidence. Yeah,
0: some of the some of the books that were being banned, pulled from the shelves because of their dangerous content, mm-hmm. were like illustrated children's books about Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on, and, man. And Martin Luther King Jr., and remember, they were quoted as saying it just happened to be a coincidence. That, that- they were
0: all people of color. <laughs> Right, in, uh, as a subject matter for the books that were banned
1: yeah, So by the, the
0: white school board.
1: So what's the good news? Well, they reversed their nearly year-long decision this week after backlash and protests from good. the students. So the students, parents, and educators in the community that all came together to raise their voices, uh, they were heard and they reversed that decision. So very good news.
0: Yet another example of activism actually working. Mm-hmm. Raising your voice, lifting your voices in unison and getting involved, it it changes shit. So take heart. Um, you know, it, not everything is a metaphorical hot studio mm-hmm. that you dash your spirits against <laughs> the rocks of life. Yeah. You know, good shit happens when you when you when you band together and And uh, do stuff.
1: Well, you know, one step forward, two steps back. And uh, now I'm going to talk about some bad news, Um, (laughs) which maybe I'm realizing I should have talked about this first. You know, we've been following these different bills that are banning critical race theory in schools. And uh, another Republican led assembly committee um, on Wednesday, this time in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin banned public schools from teaching students and training employees about concepts related to systemic racism and implicit bias.
0: Let's let, let's one more time remind everybody that first of all, critical race theory is not being taught in elementary schools, dare I say junior highs or high schools in America. It is a extremely complex legal fra- legal theory framework that is taught in law schools across the country to, 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 to adults who have bachelor's degrees, at the very least, and they've moved on to law school. Crit- critical race theory isn't something that is being taught to children. But so what they're doing is conflating right. anything to do with race or equality – or the hardships of people of color historically in this country and in, in modernity. Mm-hmm. And they're they're saying it's critical race theory.
1: Yeah, and this one is actually very similar to the one that we talked about that passed in Idaho. There's seven concepts, essentially, that are banned from the classroom, um, including that one race or sex is superior to another. A person is inherently racist by virtue of his or her skin uh, or her race or sex. A person's moral character is necessarily determined by race or Sex And systems based on meritocracy are racist or sexist or designed to oppress people of another race. So very, very similar to the bill that passed in Idaho. But I want to read this quote from uh, Representative Donna Rosar, Republican. She said, quote, I don't want school professionals to make decisions about teaching and learning.
0: Well, who's supposed to make those decisions?
1: I want parents to be in charge of teaching and learning that their children and students go to. Well, then homeschool them.
0: Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Then homeschool those kids. You
0: know, all the (laughs) the science literate Republicans out there who, who think wearing a mask is child abuse. And you can't breathe, and you're breathing in the toxins. (laughs) These are the people that are supposed to educate the children and make decisions about educating the children.
1: Yes, well, and they're doing the same thing as these other bills uh, elsewhere. They are going to... uh, The schools will lose... 10% 10% of their annual state funding if they engage in such instruction. And one of the bills actually also creates a private enforcement mechanism that allows parents to bring court action against a K-12 school that teaches the specific concepts laid out in the bill. So no, it's,
0: the, it's the Texas abortion model. Yeah. Yeah. Vigilanteizing, if that's a word. Well, we're, we're making it a word. Mm-hmm. Creating a vigilante system where it's just lawsuits run amok.
1: And isn't that... Isn't that something that conservatives would make fun of? Like oh, how yeah. litigious we are as a society. Oh, they,
0: like they're totally against um, uh, uh, the, 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 the trial lawyer caucus and mm-hmm. um, these, these, what they would call outrageous settlements or, or judgments.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They, they want to keep that down because it's too litigious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And usually, actually why, is because it's corporations who get taken to task and that's who they're defending.
1: Yeah. So Critical Race Theory Watch. We have another one passing.
0: <laughs> Critical race theory watch. I wish we had like a like a sound. <laughs> yeah. Something. Uh
1: we'll make one. We'll get one. Someone can send one in.
0: Someone can make one. Yeah, it's someone. too hot for me to be making yeah. it <laughs> God damn.
1: Are you gonna make it through the show? I feel like you're already. We've
0: been here for like an hour. We
1: have not been here for an hour. You're you're gonna be okay. You're gonna make it through. It's gonna be. It's
0: almost ten minutes. That's look. It's like when you're when you're close to a black (laughs) hole and time moves differently.
1: Yeah, it's the
0: same when a hot room. Mm. It's the same thing. Okay. What's next?
1: Well, we need to remind everybody to get their flu shots. So, Oh, yeah. We've been talking about this, uh, how important it is to get your flu shot this year. And we are actually going to be getting ours on Friday. So we will be sure to update everyone how that goes for us. But we have a listener who several years ago wrote in and... I believe
0: it was actually... Two years ago, called in.
1: Okay, two years ago, called in with a uh, message to the public, a public service announcement. There it is. And... We wanted to make sure that that gets some more airtime this year.
3: This is a friendly reminder from your buddy Marcus to get your flu vaccine if you're medically able.
4: Hello, Marcus.
3: Flu season in the U.S. <laughs> starts in October, and the vaccine takes about two weeks to become effective. It's covered for free under many health insurance plans, and is typically $30 or less if it's not covered. It's important to note that the reason we get flu vaccines is not to protect ourselves, but to protect the vulnerable people in our lives, like the elderly, young children, and the sick. During the 2018-2019 flu season, between 36,000 and 61,000 people in the U.S. died from the flu. If everyone who could get vaccinated did so, there would be many fewer deaths. So go get poked.
0: Yeah. So, in, in, in searching for this clip that he sent us a couple years ago,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I was w- listening to several episodes right around this time from, not several, two, from the previous years, uh, 2017, 2018. Uh-huh. This was from 2019, October 2019, mm-hmm. and um, it was. It's amazing listening back to episodes where we're talking about things like this. And you read a st- statistic from one of the years where like 80,000 people died from the flu mm. in recent years, in like 2017, 2018. One of those years, like 80,000 people died. Right, and we were. Like, holy shit, that's, what the fuck? Yeah. And those numbers now are just beaten down, minuscule, comparatively to what we've witnessed with COVID. Right. But all of the same rules apply. Mm -hmm. The flu vaccine is absolutely, and this is something, listen, I used to be, in very recent years, it was Marcus from North Carolina Mm -hmm. who unfucked me on this. I used to be one of those dumb fucks. Who was like, well, I, every time I get sick anyway, when I get the flu shot. I, it was one of those morons. And Marcus set me straight. Because when uh, new information comes to me, I I make a, a point to really try to change my outlook um, as the information comes. And um, I would advise all of you to be as big as me and to do the same. <laughs>
1: well, no, I was I was listening to you and I was smiling because... I mean, it, that is an awesome thing, right? To be able to admit that you believed something that was wrong and then you got new information and you changed your mind. And yeah, I, it's I just, guess. I mean you, But you don't hear people talk about that. Like y- you hear people act like they've been right about shit their whole life. And you just yeah. you haven't.
0: So I most certainly
1: I most certainly have not either. That's why whenever someone says, oh, new listener here going back to the beginning to listen to all the episodes, I'm like, please don't. please do not do that. That is not going to be good for anybody. And I don't want to hear them. I don't want to hear about it. Don't tell me about it. Okay?
0: Well, then why are you talking about it? Encouraging people to do that. did you
1: notice how my my tone of voice went down? I just realized what I did. I just realized what I did. Because you know what happens when
0: you tell someone not to do something? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever you do, don't go back and listen to every episode. You're not going to like what's back there. You're making it tantalizing. Well, listen. what the fuck's back there i gotta find out
1: it's not that you're not gonna like what's back there a lot of people go back and they say they love it but it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of being wrong about things that's it
0: especially on my part because when we started doing the show we really were heavily reliant on or we were dedicated to the prospect of looking things up and being correct about things Mm mm-hmm to the truth. We wanted to talk factually about things. Mm-hmm. And I quickly learned, real fucking quickly learned, that a lot of the views I held weren't based on any facts or data or research. They were based on shit I'd been told my whole life that
1: you had inherited yeah, and
0: just accepted as fact. And then when I st- all of that started to fall away once I realized, oh, wow, that's a lot was like holdover from like religious ideals that I was taught as a kid mm-hmm. that I just held on to. Mm-hmm. I didn't en masse reevaluate a bunch of different things. It took, it took some time. Right. And I'm still, I'm still a work in progress, so. Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? So anyway, go get your flu shot. Yes. Uh, if not for you, then do it for you, your, your fellow humans that you interact with around you. Uh, if we've learned anything. Through the pandemic, it's that our neighbors and our relatives and our friends and the vulnerable around us, whether we know they're vulnerable health-wise or not, are important. And it is our duty to take care of them. Thanks a lot, Marcus. We appreciate you very much, brother. You're a a good one. You are. Moving on.
4: I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you, via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast.
1: We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters Howard Y. Howard Y. Nidra C. Nidra C. Louise W.
0: Louise W.
1: Mark P.H.
0: Mark P.H. Roger J. Roger J.
1: John S. John S. John L.F. John L.F. Shyam K.S.
0: Shyam K.S. Michael B. Michael B. Lucy D. Lucy D. Loretta K. Loretta K. Bobby S. Bobby S. Mark E. Mark E.
1: Karen P. Karen
0: P. Ryan H. Ryan H. Roy B. Roy B. Frank O. Frank O. <laughs> Lori B. Lori B. Robert J. Robert J. Reg. Reg. Reg.
1: Moses N. Moses N! And then we would like to get a very special shout out to our current Patreon supporters who have upped their pledge in support. Grace L.
0: Grace! We love Grace.
1: Yeah, shout out to Grace, who was recently on our Patreon hangout this weekend. Which Always was- a delight. Really great call. Really great to have Grace on the call. And if you're wondering, yes, I am stalling to try to get to the next uh, name that I'm trying to read. But oh. also, we love Grace for sure.
0: Yeah, we're not just <laughs> we're not just mindlessly like oh well, let's praise her while you get to the <laughs> next name.
1: <laughs> okay, our t- calls
0: are always a good time. Yes, uh, and last last uh, last Saturday was no exception.
1: Exactly, Tiffany. Thank you to Tiffany.
0: Tiffany. Tiffany
1: upped the pledge. And then a special shout out to Karen R. Karen R. Karen R. R. Doubled the pledge
0: fantastic
1: so thank you so much to each and every one of our Patreon supporters like Jesse said we had a very good Patreon hangout call this weekend remember the Patreon hangouts are the last Saturday of every month at 11am Los Angeles time so that means for the month of October we are looking at Saturday the 30th right before Halloween yeah it'll be a
0: spooky call
1: okay (laughs)
5: fucking
4: dumb
1: Um, so So be sure to join us for that, and we, remember, are going to be doing our end-of-the-year gift for all Patreon supporters, which is going to be a fridge magnet this year. Last year, we did the sticker, which was designed by a listener, and uh, we are excited about that. So anyone who becomes a Patreon supporter by the end of the year will get that gift, and we are actually hoping to shortly be making an announcement for another competition for our co-host as well.
0: Another competition. Tish,
1: remember we did that in the past where we did a random drawing of Patreon
0: supporters. Yeah, I and- wouldn't call a random drawing a competition, but you know, you do you.
1: Um, so that's true. Good point. They're
0: competing to be on the show when we draw their names out of a thing.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you got my ass. So, um,
0: got her ass.
1: So anyway. I'm going to stop That's rambling. That's what we call
0: a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom.
1: We very much appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for supporting the show and uh, yeah, we're excited for what's to come.
0: All right. Moving on everybody. Stalemocracy: Facing Down Pessimistic Politics with Realistic Optimism. So right now in America we are undergoing a a budget battle in Congress where there is well, there are two things right now that are being passed. One is an infrastructure bill and the other 1
1: trillion dollars.
0: Yeah, w- down from I believe 3.7 or something.
1: Well, the 3.5 trillion is the social safety net build back better plan. No, I'm
0: talking about what the infrastructure bill was supposed to be oh, oh, I before see. they Chipped, chipped away, and chipped away, and chipped away because of um, conservative Democrats like like uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, mm-hmm. but also assholes uh, led by Mitch McConnell. Yeah. So right now there are two things that are being passed. What Brittany just talked about. Mm-hmm. Th- they're going to try to get passed through reconciliation, and then also the the infrastructure bill,
1: yeah, so like I said, you have the three point five trillion kind of social safety net emphasis bill, the build back better act, um which is. Funding expansion for Medicare to cover vision, dental, and hearing benefits. That actually came up on the the Patreon hangout this weekend. Um, making paid family medical leave permanent. Extending the child te- care tax credit. Uh, paying for measures to combat climate change. Uh, funding universal pre-K and two years of free community college. Um you also have the one trillion dollar infrastructure bill, and the the hope has been all along that these two things would be passed together. Yeah. In fact, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi was committed to pushing through these two items in tandem, and recently shifted away from that. She has explained that that's no longer her position in terms of doing them together.
0: Well, she has said, uh, not like intimate, she said this very thing. She's never going to bring a bill to the floor that doesn't have the votes. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's what the situation is right now.
1: Well, she and she's also referencing President Biden in saying that they're continuing to push the Senate on negotiations related to the social spending package, but that the House needs to go ahead and move ahead on voting on the infrastructure this week before surface transportation funding expires on Thursday. Because what else is happening right now is that Republicans just blocked um, raising the debt limit. Yeah. Yeah. And government funding, so that we can continue running the government, which is just
0: nakedly partisan and just like it's—they're threatening to shut down the government over the debt ceiling, and they raise the debt ceiling multiple times under Trump, no problem, willy-nilly, while he's uh, cutting taxes, slashing taxes for the u- uber-wealthy in this country, racking up an eight trillion-dollar additional debt added to the national debt. During economic boom times, and they're raising the debt ceiling willy-nilly, no problems, but now that it's Democrats, oh, nope, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. They're just liars and hypocrites.
1: Yeah, so now we're on the brink of partial shutdown, and part of why they're saying they are are not going to support... Uh, raising the debt limit is because of the negotiations that are taking place for the additional spending and mitch mcconnell gave a statement quote as we speak democrats are behind closed doors assembling a multi-trillion dollar reckless taxing and spending spree there's no chance republicans will help lift democrats credit limit so they can immediately steamroll through a socialist binge that will hurt families and help china so that's his position. Uh, but like you said, the Republicans voted to suspend the debt limit three times under Trump, right, which right. resulted in an $8 trillion addition to the national debt during his presidency.
0: Because they passed tax cuts that weren't paid for. Right. The, 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 almost all of this spending um, proposed by Joe Biden is revenue neutral. It, it's, it's paid for by what they're going to do when they tax... People who make $400,000 a year and more. Mm -hmm. It's paid for. It's paid for. It won't be adding to the deficit. It won't be adding to the debt. But you don't hear that, especially when Joe Manchin's fucking lips flap.
1: Right. And nonpartisan estimates found in the 2017 Republican tax cuts that that added two trillion dollars to the debt. Yes. So, again, Republicans feigning this concern (laughs) with uh, debt and what's going to be added to the debt. That's not actually what they care about. Hopefully we can all see through that. But President Biden has been very vocal in terms of encouraging Democrats to really get on the same page, get this passed, and move forward.
4: Major pieces of President Biden's ambitious domestic agenda are at risk tonight amid infighting among members of his own Democratic Party. Hanging in the balance, the bipartisan infrastructure bill and his $3.5 trillion spending package to address health care, child care, the environment, and more. The president spoke about the status of negotiations earlier today.
2: We're at this stalemate at the moment, and we're going to have to get these two pieces of legislation passed. Both need to be passed.
4: And Amna Navaz joins me now. So, Amna, what, tell us more about this stalemate the president's referring to.
6: Judy, it's a big acknowledgment from the president, but he's sort of been building his language towards this, and it is very descriptive and indicative of where they are right now. You're talking about two major bills, both central to the president's economic agenda, that $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill, the larger $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. They are locked up in an intra-democratic party battle right now. So we know, of course, centrists want that bipartisan bill to move forward through first alone, uh, it's already passed the Senate. They have some sticker shock when it comes to the reconciliation bill, and progressives want both tracked, moved, moving through together. They've even threatened to tank the infrastructure bill if they don't move through together. So, look, President Biden, we know this week has been working to unite both sides, figure out where the common ground is. His language today is very reflective of where they are right now. He ended with that little bit of hope and optimism. They both need to be passed. It's not clear where the common ground is moving forward.
4: So, given all that, where does it go from here?
6: So here's where we are today. You've got the leader of the, House Congressional, or the Congressional Progressive Caucus, um, Pramila Jayapal, basically doubling down and saying, we are not going to leave behind the things that we fought so hard for, child care and education and climate and so on, the human infrastructure bill. Um, and she had some tough words for those moderate centrists, for Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, saying, you drafted the infrastructure bill without in- input from us. We've drafted the reconciliation bill. You now need to come along. Now, Senator Manchin has said this week that President Biden asked him for a number. He said, tell me what you'd support. What would it take to get your support on this bill? Please just continue to work on this. That's where we could see some agreement. If they can come to some kind of compromise on the number. But the House, meanwhile, is going to continue to work through the weekend. Speaker Pelosi's office this uh, today told us the Budget Committee is going to continue to mark up that reconciliation bill tomorrow, then goes to the Rules Committee. A source in her office says they are very much moving forward. But in her latest letter to her Democratic colleagues, she did have some careful language. She said, as negotiations, continue, there may be changes. So maybe bracing some members of her caucus that some of the details or the contours of the bill could change. It does end with a plan, though. Speaker Pelosi announced she does plan to move forward next week with two bills, both infrastructure and reconciliation. And we should say she pledged to bring the infrastructure bill to a vote on Monday, when, by the way, Judy, the Senate is also likely voting on continuing government funding and raising the debt ceiling. So just all of the things happening on Monday.
1: So, I don't, I played this clip even though I didn't like um, the framing. So, in that reporting, she referenced that progressives are threatening to tank uh, the agenda. Yeah. And.
0: It is infuriating because why is it not being framed at Manchin? is trying to tank shit.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um it, it's very frustrating to me that it's always the progressives are threatening to do this. They're threatening to do this. Why is it that the progressives are always the ones that are wrong? Why is it always the progressives need to accept the crumbs that are being given to them? Um, They're the ones that are actually pushing for more. And so on the one hand, she's saying progressives are threatening to tank this agenda if they don't get things exactly as they want. But then she's referencing a statement from Representative uh, Jayapal that that, She's willing to be flexible, and that her caucus may need to prepare that everything may not be in there that they want. Yeah. So how those two things seem at odds. Absolutely. And if you're not listening closely, you don't catch that. You just hear the first part about how they're threatening to tank. So Rep Jayapal is the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, and she has estimated that there are 60 Democrats who would oppose the infrastructure bill if it sees a vote before Democrats finalize their $3.5 trillion plan. So it is true That they have a coalition of members that are prepared to say, no, we're not doing this because you haven't done this. Because in their view... There's not enough progress that's happening with just passing the infrastructure bill. For sure. You need these social safety net improvements in order to actually make a difference in the lives of Americans. It's not just the infrastructure bill alone. They believe these two things together is what makes the difference for the American people. And I understand not wanting to back down from that.
0: And listen, this should this should not be missed uh, uh, by anybody. The fact that. Mainstream Democrats and leaders in the party, they're always looking to the next election cycle and what's going to get them more seats in the House and the Senate. And we've learned over the course of several midterms that what wins in, in, in districts all across the country are progressive policies. Here in our district, Katie Porter dominated an opponent. And didn't shy away from progressivism. Didn't shy away from spending and helping people and universal health care. And in our previous district, and I know this is anecdotal, in our previous district, Harley Ruda got his ass handed to him because he ran as a Republican light. Because he ran ads about how the Chamber of Commerce just fucking loved him. That didn't get it done. And he lost. The way you win elections is by differentiating differentiating yourself from your opponent. You don't say, yeah, I'm just like the Republican, except I'm a Democrat. Or I'm real close to her. You say, no, I'm different, and this is how. Mm -hmm. We are Democrats, and we take care of Americans. Right. And the the party leadership would do themselves well by listening to that, understanding that, and looking at the trend – and moving forward with the progressive agenda for America relative to spending.
1: Well, and what is Kristen Cinema's dedication to, like, <laughs> I don't know, defending Trump's tax cuts and, like, refusing to move forward in the priorities that she claimed that she had when she was running yeah. that she now has completely reversed course on and is not standing for?
0: I don't get it because she's fucking new there. She doesn't have some long-held love and fondness for the traditions of these arcane, uh, bizarre, tradi- uh, you know, the, the the way that like the filibuster, mm-hmm. like Joe Biden has a, a warm spot in his in his heart for the Senate and all of its bullshit. Kristen Sinema just got there. She doesn't have some beholden loyalty to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I just don't get it. It's yeah. got for me. I don't know, but I would say follow the money. It's got to have something to do with who's giving her money. Uh, and I don't mean like some corruption, mm-hmm. but, you know, h- halfway there because it's political donations.
1: Yeah. Um, I have seen some stirrings about that, and uh, maybe we will get into that a little bit deeper oh, yeah. next time. Yeah. Um, so let's let's hear directly from Representative Jayapal, though, uh again, the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. She went on Face the Nation this weekend and was pressed specifically on her uh, uh, efforts in the negotiation on these bills.
7: Democrats controlled the White House, the Senate, the House, slim majority, as you know. Uh, President Biden said to reporters on Friday that he told progressives and moderates who met with him this week that they need to focus less on the number and more on their priorities. Speaker Pelosi said today that it is self-evident this bill will not be three and a half trillion dollars. Have you agreed to compromise and give up some of your requests?
4: Yeah. You know, what we've said is we are happy to hear what it is that somebody wants to cut. They So far, we have not seen any negotiation back from the Senate. And we understand, Margaret, that we've got to get every Democrat on board in the House and the Senate. We don't have the margins to do anything except that. So we've put out our vision. And I think the key thing is not the top line number. It's what is it that you actually want to fund? Mm-hmm. Because if you want child care, if you want paid leave, if you want to take on climate change, if you want to repair housing in the country. If you want to make sure people have health care, there's going to be a price tag that goes with it. So it will be less than three and a half trillion, as the speaker suggested. Well, let's talk about what people want and then let's come to the number from that. It's not just a random number. So if somebody wants less than three and a half trillion, tell us what you want to cut. Do you want to cut the child care? Do you want to cut paid leave? What is it you want to cut? And then let's figure it out from there. But President Biden also said something very important the other day, which is this is a zero dollar bill mm. because it's going to be completely paid for with taxes on the wealthiest and the, the largest The Joint Committee on Taxation says actually that uh, in, in raising this revenue,
7: taxes could go up at least 2% on those making between 200000 and $500,000 a year. It also will raise taxes for corporations and, and those who are wealthier. So it's not no cost.
4: Well, uh, what the president has said is people making under 400000 will not pay more. We will make sure of that in the package that we put together. But we do want people who are making billions through the profits, not reporting their taxes, not being held accountable by the IRS to pay their fair share. That's really all it is.
7: When it comes to the things that you have to prioritize, um, What about Free Community College? Uh, The president threw that out as an example and mentioned means testing, adjusting for cost of living
4: and and things like that. Are you open to that? We're open to whatever negotiation is out there. But on means testing, we saw what happened when we put in tons of barriers in the rental assistance program. People didn't get it. If you have a 25-page document that somebody has to go through to figure out Mm -hmm. whether or not they qualify, the most vulnerable are not going to get the assistance they need. So I think we should be universal in our programs, make sure people get the benefits immediately, and make it as easy as possible to get this assistance out to the people who need it the most.
1: So, it's increasingly looking like the $3.5 trillion bill is going to need to be pared down in some way.
0: Because of recalcitrant conservative Democrats and Republicans.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And Even some establishment leadership like Nancy Pelosi, Mm -hmm. who are all but uh, too willing to negotiate with people who don't act in good faith. It's Mm -hmm. a bummer.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Bernie Sanders also uh, made the rounds on this issue and he was interviewed on, I don't know, one of the morning shows, the one with Gail King. Which one is
0: that? I have no idea.
1: (laughs) There's, it's Gail King and then.
0: Is it Good Morning America or is it? Today is it the Today Show? Is she NBC? It's
1: CB. It's CBS. It's the
0: CBS CBS this morning.
1: Yes, is that it? I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't watch this shit. It's too hot in here.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Wow, we really need this air conditioning. Here's Um, Bernie Sanders on some morning show. (laughs) Yada yada
3: yada. Senate Budget Committee Chairman Bernie Sanders joins us from Capitol Hill for an exclusive interview. He was one of the lawmakers who met with the president yesterday. Senator, good morning to you. Uh, your party's in a difficult spot right here. You've got uh, as much as $4.5 all told uh, that could go to the American people, everything from roads and bridges to childcare and healthcare, and it's all held up. How'd that meeting go with the president yesterday?
8: Listen, Tony, what we are trying to do is pass the most consequential piece of legislation for working families since the 1930s. What's happening in America, as I think most people know, is the very rich are becoming much richer while working families are struggling. And what we are saying is maybe, just maybe, now is the time for government to represent ordinary people, not just wealthy campaign contributors. And what we are running into is enormous opposition. From the drug companies because they don't want to have us lower the cost of prescription drugs the healthcare industry surely does not want us to expand medicare to cover dental eyeglasses senator. and hearing aids the fossil fuel industry doesn't want us to tackle climate change this is a consequential and enormous struggle we're going to win it
3: well well senator i'm sure lobbying is going on as it always does but you're also running into opposition within your own party You've got at least two senators who say they will not vote for three and a half trillion dollars. Meanwhile, in the House, you've got progressives saying if that doesn't pass, they won't vote for the infrastructure bill. And everything is in a standstill. Would you take less look, Tony, in the Senate?
8: Tony, no, go ahead. Tony, look, you know, we got 50 members of the United States Senate. We're getting zero support from the Republicans who do not want to lower the cost of prescription drugs. They don't want to make community colleges tuition free. They want to give tax breaks to their billionaire friends. We've got 50 people. We can't lose one. So what we are trying to do is negotiate. And I think at the end of the day, we are going to come up with an agreement. Now, you ask me about compromise. I have compromised. The bill that should have been passed, in my judgment, was a $6 trillion bill. If you take climate change into consideration, that's the kind of money that we need. We've already made a significant uh, compromise. But, but would Senator, you consider
4: yeah. a number less than $3.5 trillion? No, we right, Look, we're Manchin? talking
8: about numbers. You tell me what we should cut. Tell the working families of this country that we don't need to make it make childcare affordable. Tell the American people and the younger people that we should not address the crisis of climate change and try to save the planet. Tell the homeless people that we should not build affordable housing. Tell the young people that we should not make community colleges tuition free. All we are trying to do is address the crises facing working families and demand that the wealthiest people in this country start paying their fair share of taxes. They are fighting back, big time. But at the end of the day, I believe we're going to prevail.
4: But we also know, Senator, listen, all of the causes you stated are all very worthy. We all get it. You don't want to cut any of them. But it gets to the point that you have to get things done. So what are you willing to do? What have you said to Joe Manchin? Have you been talking to him?
8: Look, there's been an enormous amount of discussion. Let me repeat. I originally and what the overwhelming majority of members of the Democratic caucus want is a six trillion dollar bill. We have already made a significant compromise. Now, the president is I was in the White House yesterday. President is doing a a very good job trying to bring people together. We will see what happens. But right now, we have got to address the needs of working family and finally, finally have the guts to stand up to the big money interests who have so much power in this country.
3: But, but Senator, if you're here today saying you're not willing to take less than three and a half trillion, it sounds like
8: it sounds like this is not going to happen. Now, you know, let me let me rephrase your question, Tony. Poll after poll tells me and tells you that what we are trying to do is enormously popular. Every single issue has widespread support, not only from Democrats, but from Republicans and independents. And I think maybe it's time that we stood up for the working families of this country and not for the the drug companies and the health insurance industry and the fossil fuel industry. So that's the fight we're in now. At the end of the day, I think we're going to succeed in passing an enormously important piece of legislation for working families.
1: So, in the days leading up to Thursday, what we're going to be needing to see, and if you're following this in the news, is they need to work out what's going to be in that reconciliation package, what's going to be in the Build Back Better plan. That's the reconciliation, remember, the social safety net stuff.
0: Remember, again, the reconciliation, the method by which they're going to do this, avoids uh, a cloture vote, avoids the, the 60 votes needed to, conti- to end debate and move on to a vote. It's just a 51. All they need is 51. So if they get all the Democrats... Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema included, then um, Vice President Kamala Harris could be the tie breaking vote and this would pass. We don't need Republicans in all of their obstruction. We don't fucking need that. All we need are the Democrats to rally around this and do the right thing.
1: And right now, the Democrats have the votes for the infrastructure. Bill, But again, progressives are holding back their votes until the reconciliation package looks like it has been cemented. So right now, there is still this debate happening yeah. of what are you willing to give? What are you possibly willing to give up? What is going to be in this final reconciliation bill? If it's good enough for progressives, then they will not withhold their vote on the infrastructure bill. So they're using their leverage. They're using their power. They're using what Bernie Sanders just talked about, the popularity of their ideas. And something that you referenced earlier, Jesse, that this is stuff that will get you reelected. This is stuff that is popular. This is important to the American people. Yeah, It seems like a no-brainer.
0: Well, the other thing I think here, what's being done is they, they want to get this thing passed uh, in the House, the, the $3.5 trillion uh, social safety net, th- th- that that the non-infrastructure spending bill.
1: Build back better.
0: And what they're going to do is they're going to pass it in the House. They, they, this is what they're hoping to do, the progressives. Pass it in the House. It's gift-wrapped, delivered to the Senate with a bow, passed, ready to go, ready to vote on in the Senate. And then it's up to Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema to turn their faces from it. To reject it out of hand, something that's already ready to go the other way. If they vote on the infrastructure thing and then there's no guarantee on the other, all I'm saying is I completely understand their strategy here and I think it's likely to pay off.
1: Hmm.
0: That's your prediction. Well, yeah, it's. What a bold prediction. It's likely to pay off.
1: <laughs> I'm not even making
0: a prediction.
1: That sounds like a pretty firm, solid so prediction.
0: We'd love to know what you think about all of this. You can call, leave us voicemails or, or, or email uh, voicemails from your smartphone. You can um, use 657-464-7609 or idoubtit at dollamore.com. Those are both viable, beautiful ways to communicate with the show. We'd love to hear from you. Let's move on. Talk a little bit about the dingbats in Texas. Oh, good. Uh, Greg Abbott. <laughs> Greg Abbott, listen, uh, is, a, is a dumb fuck governor of the state of Texas.
1: He's going to, in a minority report world, eliminate rape in the state of Texas. Yeah,
0: that, that's why it's okay that there's no exception for rape or incest in this draconian uh, time traveling back to the 1920s uh, uh, abortion bill. In in the state of Texas, that they keep talking. To, and this is the other thing: we're going to play a clip of of, of Greg Abbott. I wrote uh, Gerg Abbott on the, <laughs> on, the, on the on the clip. Well, that's fitting. Uh, you're going to hear a, a lot of. You're going to hear the word heartbeat. The heartbeat of a child. The heartbeat of a child. We're protecting a child with a heartbeat. Mm. Keep in mind that the legislation that they passed is cardiac activity
2: mm.
0: in a six week old fetus, clump of cells. So it's a, a fluttering group of cells that's just about figuring out that it wants to be the heart. It's not a heartbeat. I just want to make that very crystal clear in the mind of everyone that this isn't some some draconian last minutes uh right before birth uh, abortion bill. This is 6 weeks. The fluttering of cells before they really even know that they wanna be the heart. Anyway, here's Gerg Abbott with Chris Wallace really getting owned left and right, which really he's pretty used to by now.
2: To help Texas secure our border. Governor, in the time we have left, I want to ask you about two other questions. You signed a law in May that bans abortion after a fetal heartbeat can be detected around six weeks. Uh, And there is no exception in that law for either rape or incest.
9: Here's what you said when you signed the law. Goal number one in the state of Texas is to eliminate rape so that no woman, no person will be a victim of rape. Now, in 2019, which
2: is the last year that we have numbers for, almost 15,000 cases of rape were reported in your state of Texas, and almost everyone says that that's a severe undercount. There are a lot more cases that just aren't reported. Is it reasonable to say to somebody who is the victim of rape and might not understand that they are pregnant, uh, you know, until six weeks. Well, don't worry about it because we're going to eliminate rape as a problem in the state of Texas.
9: Well, there's multiple things I have to say in answer to this, but the first thing, obviously, uh, is that survivors of sexual assault. Uh, They deserve support, care, and compassion. Uh, And Texas is stepping up to make sure that we provide that by uh, signing a law and creating in the governor's office uh, a sexual assault survivors task force. Uh, But separately from that, Chris, i got to point out uh, about the ways that I have fought to uh, go uh, uh, to arrest and apprehend and uh, try to eliminate rape. But I sought the death penalty. But but, but uh, Governor, excuse uh,
2: excuse me, because we are running out of time. There were more than 15,000 rapes in 2019 when you were governor. Uh, Let me just ask this question. A state representative, Republican state representative, says that he's going to offer a new measure that would restore the exception to the Texas abortion law for victims of rape and incest. If that came to your desk, will
9: you sign it or not? Well, we've got to go back, Chris, to what the reason was why the law was passed in the first place. Uh, and, and the goal uh, is to uh, protect the lives of every child with a heartbeat. Uh, and so in, we're, we're working to including achieve including tri- that goal. Chris, i, I got to point this out. Including Chris, the, and the child is, of, a ra- this, of a this, rape. This, this goal is consistent uh, with what the United States Supreme Court has written, uh, and that is states uh, have the ability to make sure that we protect the health and safety of both the mother and the child, and that's what we are seeking to do here. And I have to add this, and that is Texas just provided more than $100 million in funding for pregnancy centers across the state of Texas to help those uh, who uh, want to make sure that so, they will so be able to just carry Just
2: are you saying, sir, I don't mean to interrupt, but are you saying, that you will not sign uh, an exception for rape and
9: incest? Well, first, got to tell you, Chris, you're you're making a hypothetical that it's not going to happen because that bill is not going to reach my desk. Uh, But but second, uh, again, the the goal is to protect uh, the life of every child with a heartbeat.
2: Let me, finally, this week, former President Trump sent you an open letter Uh, asking for an audit of the 2020 presidential election in the state of Texas, which we should note he won by about 600,000 votes. Within hours, the secretary of state of Texas, uh, an office that you appoint, agreed and has ordered audits in four of Texas's biggest counties. A couple of questions. One, isn't it just a terrible waste of taxpayer money to have an audit in a state that everybody says went fine and that President Trump won by 600,000 votes? And aren't you contributing to this undermining confidence in our election process?
9: I, I gotta make several points about this. One, the, the context here, and that is there are audits of every aspect of government. We have a state auditor. There's a federal auditor uh, for the way that government operations work. Uh, uh, businesses that are public companies are subject to an annual audit. Why do we audit everything in this world but people raise their hands in concern when we audit elections, which is fundamental to our democracy? Second point, uh, and that is that uh, th- these audits uh, that the state of Texas uh, is doing, they actually began months ago because the Secretary of State of Texas has an obligation uh, to make make sure that we do conduct audits in the state of Texas and they have to be done in okay. a way before any evidence of about it would be eliminated which will be next September and so those audits were already underway the last one is this and that is Donald Trump won the state of texas we know regardless of the outcome of these audits donald trump will still have won the state of texas however we do have every single year including in the 2020 elections allegations of illegal voting in places I, in the state I, of texas I, okay. we have a responsibility to ensure point out, i would the integrity point out, and confidence on in on the thursday, elections in the state he of texas ordered, he asked for
2: the audit and suddenly there were new audits announced by this uh, in four counties by the secretary of state's office within hours of that on thursday governor Abbott, thank you Thanks for talking with us today. Always good to talk with you. I
1: it's it's stressful to listen to that when Chris Wallace is trying to talk over him and get his attention, and uh, he's so committed to saying, "Well, the first thing I want to say about that is a lengthy filibuster."
0: Right, right, right. Um, well, you know what I think is funny is I had this thought is that he thinks he's far enough away from the question. That, it, that Chris Wallace is either going to forget about it or give up on it and not come back around to ask it again. Right. And he was wrong. Yeah. Chris Wallace, about half the time, does the right thing.
1: Yeah. So at the, at the end there, they moved away from the abortion talk and instead started talking about um, this scary situation that we're in where Donald Trump calls and says, I want to reexamine the results of the election.
0: Which we know the motivation for that. Chaos.
1: Yes. Distrust
0: in the electoral system.
1: Yes. And then, I mean, people agreed to do it. I mean, think of how terrifying this is that, like, uh, Mike Pence protected us from falling into a constitutional crisis well, because he... Well, I'm saying many, many people that just chose to say, like, that's going a little too far for me, right, sir. Right, right, right. I'm not going to do sir, that.
0: Sir, what are you, Donald Trump? Um, sir! They say to me, sir.
1: Yeah, that's that's going too far. I mean, the fact that we have to have people,
0: by the way, Mike Pence is quoted as saying, I tried to get around this every way I could and there's no way. He said, "I tried to subvert the Constitution, and there's just I couldn't do it. Sorry." Yeah.
1: Listen, I'm not trying to give them credit. No, listen,
0: I know that you used to be the co-host of this podcast, and now you're the president of the Mike Pence Fan Club. <laughs> but I'm not going to allow that to stand, Brittany. Okay, Page. I
1: <laughs> I am not trying to give any of these people credit. What I'm trying to say this is, this just
0: it's- in from Brittany Page, everybody. No, <laughs> baby.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to say how scary it is that, um, what if they hadn't said no? I mean, what if they yeah, exactly. had said, you know what? We're with you. We're going to do, we're going to be right alongside you as you like,
0: well, listen, do all this crazy shit. Donald Trump just had, just had a rally this weekend and in it, he talked about how he called Brian Kemp. The, the, the rally was in Georgia. Brian Kemp is the governor of Georgia. And Donald Trump is saying that, listen, I tried to convince him to convene a special election so they could overturn the results in Georgia. News. But I said to these young people, let me handle it. I was going to show them how good
1: I am. (laughs)
5: Let me handle it. I'll call them up. I said, Brian, listen, you know, you have a big election integrity problem in Georgia. I hope you can help us out and call a special election. And let's get to the bottom of it for the good of the country. Let's get to the bottom of it for the good of your state. Let's go. Election integrity. What could be better than that? Sir, I'm sorry. I I cannot do that. Whoa. I said, you cannot do that. And that's why, let me tell you, this guy's a disaster. He's a
0: disaster. And then he went on to say, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump went on to say, the Republican former president of the United States, the leader of the Republican Party, went on to say at that rally that it would be better, I don't have the clip here, but it would be better to have Stacey Abrams as the governor than Brian Kemp. Mm -hmm. Because Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about the Republican Party or their agenda or their ideologies or winning elections with Republicans. Donald Trump cares about writing perceived wrongs against him. It is a grievance tour, a nationwide fucking grievance tour.
1: And what's comical is that the people behind him...
0: You, you think- mean the blacks for Trump? Shirts. You
1: the shirts, yes. Yeah. Um you'd think that you'd think that they have some sort of moral framework that they follow in oh, terms no. of their politics. You'd but they face that. They just cheer for whatever he says. I mean, how confusing for them to be standing there and have him say something positive about Stacy Abrams and And
0: they're
5: like,
1: Yeah, Stacey Abrams <laughs> I mean what? It's it's well, here, ridiculous.
0: Here's a good example of the cheering when he says batshit. Stuff? Sir. Sir. A great poll, sir. So we got
5: sixty-three million. He said, sir, if you go up one million votes, (laughs) you can't lose. Well, we went up twelve million votes and they say we lost. But there never has been you know there never has been a concession. You do know that, right?
0: You do. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, no concession.
1: Weed-a-ly-dee.
0: Oh wait, maybe I should have played yours. It's more appropriate. Weedily D. <laughs> um, it, it's a low it energy is... jab right there. Let's go back. Actually, let's go back to to the Greg Abbott thing, the Gerg Abbott thing. Mm. Um, because we didn't really touch too much on the abortion bill, and I think it's we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a draconian measure an anti-women measure an anti-poor women measure that targets the most vulnerable in the state of Texas that if a 13-year-old girl is raped by a relative and a in a and she becomes pregnant it, in all likelihood she won't find out she's pregnant until after The the cardiac uh, rhythms of cells is detected. She will be forced by Greg Abbott to have that child, this baby, this child who was raped by a relative. And by the way, these aren't like, oh, that'll never happen. That doesn't happen. That happens all the fucking time. It is a real thing that children are raped by relatives and made pregnant. And Greg Abbott, who won't answer the question because he's a coward, wants to force that girl, that child, that baby, to have that baby. That That is barbaric and sickening. And there are states all across the country now who are modeling legislation to pass similar, if not identical, bills to do this unbelievable.
1: And I I just want to say it's terrible all around. I mean, you can use the worst possible example, which obviously is a child um, being a victim of uh, sexual assault and incest and and being pregnant and not having the ability to choose what is best in terms of the direction in in that situation. Um, But it's also terrible that women are being faced with increased stress and pressure to quickly try to figure out their situation. I mean, I was just watching a Vice article or a Vice video, uh, The Heat, and um, <laughs> this woman had taken an at-home pregnancy test and it was negative, but she was still fearful that that was wrong. And she was in a clinic and... And they were trying to to help her like with timing of getting this figured out before the six week um, mark and, you know, said to her, "Okay, take another one in a week. Come back here at this time, like trying to kind of work out a situation where she's panicked of I need to get this locked in under this deadline. I need to get this figured out. Also low
0: income doesn't have the time to take all this time off work and go to the clinic and buy these tests and do all the stuff that is being required of her to jump through hoops right? by white men who run Texas.
1: Right, increased increased logistics, increased stress, increased pressure. Yeah. And I've seen so many dumb takes in response to this legislation. I mean, a whole range of them. But some of them centered on, like, you know, if women don't want to get pregnant, they should be more responsible. Close your legs, ladies. You know, but I... I from a young age I knew that I did not want to have my own kids. Like I I did not want to birth a child. Yeah, yeah. And I started talking to my doctor um as a teenager about getting my tubes tied and I made like a very reasoned case. I talked about my genes and how I wasn't interested in um having kids for...
0: Because of the history of addiction and mental illness in your family and...
1: Yeah, and other reasons. And <sighs> so, um, and it was always, no... Like, you you might change your mind. I understand.
0: No, little lady. Your role is to to, to to procreate. Your role is to to make babies.
1: Right. And so the point here is that even when you're responsible and you are saying, you know, here's my situation. I would like a remedy here so that I don't have to worry about this. They're like, well, you know, maybe eventually you'll want to procreate. You know, and luckily I'm like neurotic, and I took birth control like every day on the exact hour, like every day at 10 p.m. was my time to take a pill. Um.
0: I remember the song <laughs> that would we play.
1: Um, well, I didn't even need it after a while; hey it just became now, my life. Hey now. Um, was that the song? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Don't dream it's over by Crowded House. That's crowded
0: House. That's right. Yeah. Was there was there something like subliminal there about Crowded House? You didn't want. <laughs> too many people inside you like a, your womb mm. this would be too crowded in there yeah there's already somebody here it's Brittany page interesting no room for anybody else in the house
1: interesting I don't <laughs> know but I'm I'm sympathetic because I know there's a lot of um, women who are in that same situation Absolutely. you know and sure. you you're constantly reminded of well no I mean eventually you'll do what you're supposed to do which is like have kids and if you don't you're not a real woman. Yeah, right. You know. Right. And not everyone wants to have something jammed in their uterus for birth control, okay? So so the long-term birth control options not super like pain friendly, okay? All right?
0: Which is a concern of Britney Page. Uh
1: absolutely. Pain
0: avoidance. Absolutely, at all costs. Absolutely. So let's. Can we continue? Can we just do a little bit more dumb fuckery in Texas?
1: It, listen, yes. it,
0: it does. Listen, I'm not in. I'm not in. We know a lot of good people in Texas. Beautiful, oh, yes. yes, wonderful, amazing people in Texas. A
1: lot of good food in Texas. I
0: push back all the time when people are just let them secede. Who cares what they blah blah blah? And I'm like, let's stop with that, because there are millions of decent, loving. Empathetic and sympathetic individuals in the state of Texas, but but it does say something about a massive portion of the electorate that they elect these types of dumb fucks. The same can be said for Florida, that there is a a wide ranging group of morons who voted for Ron DeSantis to be governor. This, and I'm not going to keep going, but it could be said of many congressional districts all across the country. Ted Cruz has enjoyed way too much power and way too many re-elections. And the people of Texas need to just finally tell him to fuck straight off. Get the fuck out of here. Listen to this clip with him talking about racist he he claims there are it's not racist voter suppression bills. But Ted Cruz, let's preface by giving a little bit of his bio. Ted Cruz, Harvard Law School. Uh but by all accounts, a talented mind, a a, a a a a brilliant law student, he's been called. Ted Cruz, I think he clerked for a Supreme Court justice. I mean, he's he's no dummy, mm-hmm. you would think.
1: Yeah, well, here you're going to see the the partisanship coming out because um, this is the Senate Judiciary Committee and testimony from experts here on restoring the Voting Rights Act, combating discriminatory abuses. And Ted Cruz, just his lunch is eaten by these experts um, on this panel, and he's trying his best. but
0: He's doing his best. He's doing everybody. his best.
1: But boy, <laughs> do they eat his lunch.
5: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I want to start with a question for each of the five witnesses. Uh, In your judgment, are voter ID laws racist? Professor Tolson.
6: Thank you for that question. Um, So it depends. One thing we have to stop doing is treating all voter ID laws as the same.
5: Okay, so your answer, I I, I want to move quickly, so it depends is your answer? Yes, that's my answer. Okay, so what voter ID laws are racist?
6: Apologies, Mr. Cruz, your state of Texas, perhaps.
5: Okay, you, so you think the entire state of Texas is racist. What about requiring an ID to vote is racist?
6: Um, so I think, sir, that's a pretty reductive. I'm not saying the entire state of Texas is racist. You just but said
5: my state of Texas, so you tell me. Your voter what I, about the Texas oh, voter absolutely. ID law is
6: racist? So the fact that the voter ID law was put into place to diminish the political power of Latinos uh, with racist intent and if, had been found to have you're racist You're asserting intent, that. What's your evidence for that? Uh, the, dist- the federal district court that first <laughs> resolved the constitutionality of Texas's voter ID law.
5: Okay, so your view is voter ID laws are racist. How about you, Mr. Yang?
8: I agree with Professor Tulsa. Voter ID laws can be racist. that's on the context.
9: Mr. Sides. There are some voter ID laws that are racially discriminatory
8: in intent.
5: How about in in practice? In intent, fine, you you say there's some racist with with a malevolent intent lurking in the back of their mind. But let's just talk about as a practical matter. When I go to vote, they ask me for my ID. I pull out my ID, I show it to them, I vote. Is that racist?
9: If the law that requires you to do that was motivated by racially discriminatory intent what, what under our, our Constitution. Set aside,
5: set aside, intent. Set aside intent. I'm yes. asking about the effect.
9: Yes, in effect, I okay, think that Ms. there are Reardon. discriminatory effects from a number of voter ID laws.
5: Okay, thank I'm you,
0: going to.
1: So this is what we need, is people who <laughs> do not want to play games. No more playing of the games.
0: Yeah, it is... It is, <laughs> it is a, a strange thing that the Harvard Law School wonderkin just gets worked. Like he, he knows that they're not dummies that he's up against, that they're going to have answers. Right. And every single one of them, given the chance, could just dominate him mm-hmm. because he's playing the sound clip... Um, partisanship game Mm
1: -hmm. and they've
0: they've come with facts and they understand the issue in depth and clearly he does not
1: yeah so i think this was just a good example of um ted cruz getting worked and who couldn't use more of that in their day really
0: (laughs) do better texas and if you're a democrat out there you do better too organize harder get your neighbors get people who don't typically vote get them involved Texas is on the brink of turning blue. It re- I mean, listen, I know it sounds insane. It is a fact. Texas is ready to make the move, to get rid of idiots like Gerg Abbott and, and Dan Patrick and Ken Paxton and Ted Cruz. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it. At Taken
4: Taking care of
1: biz. Six-year-old Mason. Six-year-old Mason, you may have seen this uh, kid. He is a first grader, and he... It's a great story. He took his school photos. He recently lost four teeth and was excited to show his, quote, big boy smile in his first grader school photo. But things didn't go as planned because, according to Washington Post reporting, when the photographer asked Mason to take off his mask before snapping the picture... Mason politely declined. His mom, Nicole Peoples, told the Washington Post, quote, my mommy told me not to take my mask off, Mason replied. (laughs) So great. The photographer asked, are you sure you don't want to take it off? And Mason said, no, my mommy seriously told me to keep it on unless I'm eating and far away from everybody. So... The photographer tried to prompt him again, like, you know, I'm getting ready to take your picture. You could take your mask off. And he said, quote, no, I always listen to my mommy.
0: Pretty great. Very, very sweet. Six years old, first grade.
1: Yes. So he took his photo. He looks super cute, has his mask on. Um, You know, his mom. He's a
0: dapper little chap.
1: Yes, and his mom told the Washington Post that he stood his ground, and I love the reflection that she had on this because she said, quote, the photo is just a great memory of what's going on and how the kids are overcoming it. It has a really special meaning because it shows how proud he was to listen and to follow my directions, even when I wasn't there to remind him he remembered. So um, she also added, quote, he remembers to wear his mask and he does it proudly because he cares and because he doesn't want to see anybody sick. I hope this does serve as a message to other people to use this little six-year-old boy as a symbol to remember to wear your mask out of the kindness of your heart. And Mason actually lost a family member to COVID. I believe it was his uh, grandfather, if I remember correctly. Uh, Great-grandfather, I'm sorry, to COVID earlier this year. And he uh, made promises to his mom to not drink from the water fountain and to keep his mask on, regularly yeah. regularly wash his hands, and really this shows uh, why people like Megyn Kelly are wrong. And I, uh, you've been on
0: a tear lately about the Megyn Kelly.
1: I really have. I go and I hate read the timeline every day. And, <laughs> every day um, you do. Well, sometimes I, you know, pop over there and maybe it's a few times a day. It's fine. It's <laughs> not. No worries about how often it happens, but it happens. And, oh, that's so great. Um, she loves this topic of masks and kids, and she talks about it as though it's child abuse. This is the phrase that she uses. And she actually had this video on her timeline where a kid was like screaming and crying because the teacher was trying to put his mask on, trying to keep it on. And like he a was kid ripping in preschool, it off.
0: like a young, young, like a toddler.
1: Yeah, he's like ripping it off and he's crying.
0: Can I blow your mind? Yeah. We just talked about Mason. Yes. This little kid who doesn't want the mask on, also named Mason.
1: Oh, a tale of two Masons. That's right. Okay.
0: But what's weird about this, I'm going to play the video, which just just audio of a kid screaming and not wanting a mask on. Yeah. But Megyn Kelly is putting this forward like this is child abuse. Oh, this is so tragic. Mm-hmm. This is child abuse that they want to put a mask on a kid. Here's the audio. Let's talk about it on... On the other side.
6: Put yeah. your mask on. Yeah. Now
7: you Mason. gotta pick You gotta wear it on. Honey. No, you gotta keep it on. Put your mask on.
1: There you go. Keep it right
3: there.
1: Yay, Mason! Oh, Yay! You feel like Mason? Look, we're gonna
6: keep it right here. Nope.
1: Oh.
7: Peek-a-boo, I see you. Keep your mask on.
1: Put your mask back on.
6: What are you looking
7: at? Oh, keep it on your face. You
6: gotta
0: keep it on your face. So we go outside. There you go. I mean, it's a kid who's throwing a tantrum. They do not pay these people enough. No. Anyway, we get it. There's 15 seconds left.
1: Yeah. So that is unless evidence... something
0: remarkable happened in the last 15 seconds.
1: Well, we did, honestly didn't need to listen to that much. All of right. it, honestly, um, I was like, is this going to end? But she
0: tweeted it like this is child abuse.
1: Yes. Well, she said this is tr- she retweeted a tweet that said this is child abuse. And she said something like this is so terrible.
0: I, I, mean, I don't know. Listen. Remember when you were a kid and there was always that kid getting dropped off at kindergarten or whatever who would cry and not want to be dropped off because it was scary and they wanted to stay with their mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, like, I'm not blaming little Mason here. He's a fucking toddler. Mm-hmm. Masks suck. Mm-hmm. But it's not child abuse when you give your kid a shot. Or medicine at a doctor's office and they cry.
1: Or tell them to eat broccoli and they cry. Yeah,
0: you don't it's not like Or tell oh. them to wear pants. If there's a video of it, yeah, exactly. A kid doesn't want to put on his shoes and he cries. Right. And there's a video of it, you don't go, Oh, this is child abuse. Mm-hmm. What? You're making the child take a vitamin? Oh the horror. This is child abuse. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. this is what the right has devolved to. This is this is where they are.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's
0: child abuse to make a kid wear a mask.
1: I mean, they have on on the one hand they have these concerns about coddling American youth. On the other <laughs> right. hand, they have these concerns trophies. about child abuse and and cloth masks. I mean, really, this comes down to modeling behavior, right? You know, when yes. you like a kid falls down and trips. And for a moment, they kind of, like, take a beat to, like, see, like, are people panicked right. about this? They look
0: around, and if, you, if you're if you like, oh, my God, <laughs> the kid's like,
9: fuck, I'm dead.
0: <laughs> or if you're like, oh, yeah, rock on. They're like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, ha I fell down. Because <laughs> oh kids are dumb. God. Kids are fucking dumb.
1: Um, they learn okay, from well, let, observing.
0: Let me rephrase. <laughs> impressionable.
1: Yeah, Impressionable. <laughs> But that's kind of how this is, you know what I mean? Like if they're seeing their mom say, "Ugh, this fucking mask. Why do I have to wear this? I'm not, right. you know. Um, I can't breathe in this. I need to breathe fresh air." Then that's how they're going to behave, right? But yeah. if you're if you're telling if you're telling this Mason who lost his great-grandfather who promised his mom that he would not take his mask off unless he was eating and far away from people. Yeah. She has told him Here's why this is important. She
0: normalized it because it's normal.
1: Right. Here's why this is important. Here's why this helps other people. This is something that's compassionate. This is something that is healthy. And this is what you need to do. There's no fear from him. Right. He's just, this is what I am. This is what I'm doing. It's no big
0: deal. Right. And he's making a difference. Right, and
1: his mom is making a difference yeah. by educating him and by teaching him about why this is important. Now, this other Mason kid who's having a bad time, I really feel feel for him. He's not being abused. Um, he's being like misled <laughs> in terms of what he's being taught. So, the, and, the, the, and modeled the, the
0: little Mason, he gets sick, and you give him Pedialyte. He doesn't want to drink it, so he he starts throwing a fit. Oh. That's child abuse. Oh, my God. Yeah. Quit and, abusing that child.
1: Yeah. And listen, I'm, there's going to be situations where kids don't like stuff. I mean, we're talking about several examples. Pants, shoes, broccoli. I mean, whatever it is, they get on a terror about something and they don't like it. They don't want it. And like they were doing in that clip, you have to find creative ways to like coach them into doing the thing that they need to do.
0: Because they're kids with child brains. Yeah. Of course. So, um so-
1: Mason, the 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 six year old Mason who took his school photo with his mask on, he is taking care of Biz, as is his mom, Nicole Peoples. Uh so good work there. Hopefully that's a model for other people to follow.
0: And we didn't play the intro, but Megan Kelly is asshole of today. Yes. I, I think. Safe to say.
1: Yes, absolutely. She She's having Dr. Drew on her show. She just had talk, Tucker Carlson on her oh, show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. I, I might. My head might explode.
1: She she had Tucker Carlson on her show to criticize the ADL coming after Tucker Carlson uh, for promoting white supremacist talking points. She's defending Tucker Carlson she's as not being a white yeah, supremacist. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild.
0: Anyway, that is the end of the show. We love you guys. We'd love to hear from you. Six, five, seven, four, six, four, seventy, six, zero, nine. Create a contact for the show, I Doubt It Podcast. Put that phone number in. You can put this email in, it at com. We'd love to hear from you. Continuing to, to move the conversation forward on an episode-by-episode basis. Um, if you are so inclined and you don't have to budget it in, it's not an imposition for you, we would love to have you support the show, help produce the show by going to patreon.com slash podcast. Or you can go to i. Uh, you can go to uh, Info. That'll redirect you to the Teespring store. I actually do have now podcast T-shirts on to be sold. Why'd you make a grimace face? Um.
1: Well, because I searched something to make sure I was spelling it right, and then I pressed enter before I was done typing and then it searched something and this is your computer so now that's going to be in your search history okay,
0: what was it
1: <laughs> well it well I ended up clicking on foul smelling urine what, and I- what? I didn't what mean to. What are you to. doing? I was trying to... I check my spelling. And why of did
0: foul-smelling <laughs> urine pop up Well, I on was my making computer. sure
1: that the foul that I was using... Because I'm typing the show info right now. Yeah, That's F-O-L what I always do. F-O-U-L
0: is foul. Yeah. F-O-W-L is bird. I'm
1: just making sure I double-check... <laughs> And great.
0: Now I'm gonna be serving ads for foul smelling odors. <laughs>
1: well, that's why urine. I made a face, because I was I felt bad for you that this is gonna God happen damn. to you now.
0: Anyway, thanks for your support, everybody. We appreciate helping us move the conversation forward. We really do we 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 very much appreciate and love the community that is built up around the show. Foul smelling urine and all. We love you. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dallamore and this has been I Doubt.